previously on Quantum Kickflip. Welcome to the Plane of Vestige. Welcome to the multiverse. There's like a highway overpass that is sort of crumbled away in a section. You take the jump off the edge. It's a bit of a rough landing, but you make it. Do you think anybody's gonna miss the, the that, that suit right over there? Doesn't look like anyone's missed it so far. He just happened to find uh, power armor. As Nick is leaping down, he reaches into the poster tube on his back and pulls out a sleek black handle, which has also been connected to uh, a katana blade. <laughs> <laughs> You all hear something behind you. It's a vaguely cylindric, gelatinous blob completely covered in translucent blue slime oozing its way across the pavement directly towards you. Everybody, welcome back to Quantum Kickflip. We are on episode three. Uh, how's everybody doing? Well, let's go around the table real quick and introduce ourselves one more time, uh, starting with uh, Dave this time. Hi, I'm Dave Ray, and I'm playing Chester Capone, the grit, the down on his luck uh, person from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. There we go. And uh, next up, let's uh, talk to Glenna. Hey, uh, I'm Glenna. I'm playing Elliot Buchanan, who is the chill playbook. Uh, she's an aspiring singer-songwriter. Amazing. Uh, hey, Michael. Hi, I am Michael Vetch. I will be playing Nick Lowe, uh, the Smarts playbook. Uh, he is the young, uh, uh, sprightly, anime-obsessed boy. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Lena. Uh, hi, what's up? I'm Lena Anderson. I am playing Angus Franklin, who is the Guts playbook. Angus skips school to smoke cigarettes. Eh. <laughs> uh, and finally, let's hear from Liam. Yes, uh, my name's Liam. I'll be playing Lake Marsden. Uh, she is the heart playbook, uh, and she's just, uh, you know, a, a tall, awkward teenage girl who loves slug blasting uh, in spite of the troubles it causes her. Aww. Uh, all right, but you all know all that. You've listened to our first two episodes, and you're here to hear the epic conclusion of this run. Uh, when last we left our characters, they were in the plane of Vestige, which is sort of like a uh, post-apocalyptic wasteland uh, with a crumbling cityscape and uh, magenta sand dunes and just just thick layers of smog. Uh, and uh, a few of our heroes had just taken down uh, a pair of bullies while the other half had uh, just completed a uh, successful stunt across a crumbling overpass. But n no sooner had they finished that stunt uh, that uh, a, a gigantic slug oozed up out of the pavement behind them, sort of materializing into their uh, field of vision and started heading straight for them uh, exceptionally fast and uh, presumably exceptionally deadly. And that's where we're going to pick things up with our heroes. I want to check in with Lake and Angus and Elliot, who are up on that crumbling overpass. You guys just made it across. You're feeling pretty good about yourselves. It almost went bad for you, but then it went real good, and everyone's uh, everyone across the overpass on the other side is applauding for you. You've also got uh, Jason and Kabir. The other two uh, wannabe slug blasters are are on the ground at your feet. I'm assuming they've like dusted themselves off a little bit, but they're still uh, their pride is a little bruised. Uh, but they're not worried about that right now because they have also seen this giant monster uh, materializing. What do you guys do? Uh, I, I, normally I'd yell run, but running's kind of out of the question. We just, <laughs> it's a whole thing clearing this gap. <laughs> Only thing left to do is fight. Do you, do you guys have, 
and she says it kind of like low because it is a pretty intense and wild thing for teenagers to have. Um, but she's like, because so I was like, do you guys have ray guns? <laughs> uh, and Angus reaches in behind his denim vest, pulls out, I'm picturing something that looks like the blockiest cell phone with like a big circular hinge. But when he opens it up, it like opens into what is actually a nega ray, I think is the ray gun I gave him. Yeah, so it is a game mechanic that every one of our characters has some variety of ray gun on their person. I believe you get to choose what it is and what it does. So you've got the nega ray. Yeah, what, what what's everyone else packing? Elliot? Uh, yeah, I've got this uh, photon pistol. What does it look like? Uh, <laughs> it kind of looks like a glue gun, and I've drawn all over it in Sharpie. She does like a, whew, okay, me too. And then so she pulls out her ray gun. Uh, she's like, I've uh, I've rigged up a plasma blaster uh, into the uh, inner workings of my reality cannon, uh, which is to say her, her signature weapon, the reality cannon, in within it has one of those little compartments that you would, uh, if you think of like an old arcade machine, like a House of the Dead, the ray gun holster is on the side of a bigger gun, and she pulls it out uh, like a like a House of the Dead gun, and it even looks like kind of <laughs> chunky and plastic because the rest of the reality cannon uh, has like um, arcade machine aesthetic. So Angus clearly looks bemused, and he kind of scoffs, and he's like, kind of like using the lighter attached to the side of a flamethrower, isn't it? Well, I, 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 and she looks at the at the reality cannon like you're totally right, but. Um, she, she remembers last time she tried to use the reality prism, the big blast that uh, scrambles reality all around it, either destructive and permanent or unpleasant and temporary, uh, and ended up uh, glitching the right half of her body, and now she's uh, a weird Technicolor nightmare uh, disfiguration. Um, I would describe that as uh, unpleasant uh, and permanent. <laughs> so she's, she's a little hesitant, and she's like, I, well, I mean, yeah, but also, right again. <laughs> Well, your funeral and ours, I guess. And then Angus points and fires. Uh, so the way that stuff like this works in Slug Blaster, often uh, we keep track of, of goals that you're trying to do with uh, what are called progress tracks, which essentially, if you've ever played like one of the uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater video games where you have to collect all the letters of the word skate, uh, heavily inspired by that, only it can be any word given on the based on the situation. Obviously, the longer the word, the bigger the challenge. So if I'm reading the situation correctly here, you want to kablooey this slug, yes? Mm-hmm. Is my word kablooey? <laughs> no, uh, your word is slug. I, I'm, I'm okay. b- being easier on you here. Uh, so the word slug is up on the board. Uh, that is how many like successful uh, offers you're going to have to complete in order to take this thing down. And yeah, so you've, you've pointed your ray gun, you're going to fire. Uh, we're going to need a roll for that. Are you adding anything to that roll? Are you using any of your uh, playbook abilities or your weapon abilities? I'm not going to add anything. I'm not going to add any uh, extra dice or kick or anything like that. Okay. Uh, I am hoping that Angus looks a little badass, so he's going to basically just with the fluid motion of raising the gun and firing and also delivering this uh, really sick line about your funeral that he's going to look cool. For those who don't remember, uh, style is one of the currencies of this game, and looking cool is the way you get style. Uh, if you succeed, you'll get a style point, but if you fail, problems are going to be worse for you. I, I do want to hear what, uh, Lake and Elliot have in mind, but I like the, uh, offer here. I like the spirit of this, that Angus doesn't wait around to find out and just takes the shot. So let's get that shot. 
For sure. Uh, I'm also uh, evoking Adrenaline Rush. Refill one boost when you attempt to look cool, even if you fail. Um, so I will get one of my dice back for my skip mode runners that I have spent earlier in this game. Oh, very cool. And rolling a d6. That'll be a four. Mixed success on that one. So you get to do what you want to do. Describe to us what this looks like, Angus firing off his uh, badass ray gun. How I sort of see justifying getting the die back, as he brings it up to his eye, he digs his toe into the ground, and time slows a little bit for him as he very carefully brings it up to precisely where he thinks the right moment will be, and then just as he pulls the trigger, he smacks against the ground with his heel, resuming time to normal. Amazing. Yeah, and you do exactly that, and the shot goes off this huge burst of, like, plasma energy that sort of lights up. What color is the beam of your of your ray gun? Blue. Blue. So everything's bathed in blue light. The slug was already covered in blue slime, if we remember from last time, but it looks even bluer in the light of this ray gun. Uh, and you, you see that it, it has an impact. There's an explosion, a burst of slime goes flying, uh, narrowly missing all of you. Uh, and you can see that this there's, like, a smoking crater where your ray gun hit. You have gotten the S of slug. Nice, and I have also marked a style for looking cool. Um, however, mixed success. The slug is still bearing down on you, uh, and you guys realize that you do not have time to get off another shot before this thing is on you. You need to get out of its way. Uh, it is a wide freeway. Like the the on ramp that you're on is is wide enough that like you you might be able to maneuver around it with uh, with some effort. Uh, there's also the drop behind you, if you have any way of uh, mitigating that. Uh, Lake and Elliot, what are we doing? Do I still have that rope? You do. I believe uh, Angus has one end of it and you have the other. I do think Angus would have probably dropped it once, clearing the overpass and facing off against this slug. So I think you have full control over the rope at this point. Uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking that I can tie it to the rebar that we've established was sticking out. Yeah. And let it descend and kind of use it to safely descend to the ground. Yeah, I think that's a great offer. I think you've already got a loop in one end even, so it's just a matter of just like chucking that around the rebar and going. I think the the complicating factor here is just the timing of like, there's this slug bearing down on you. Can you get that on and get out of the way in time? Um, So we are going to get a roll for that to see how this offer plays out. A reminder to you guys that you can always uh, nope problems as they come up. It, it earns you trouble points, which aren't great, uh, but can be better than the immediate consequences. Uh, you can also help each other out and, and trade dice back and forth uh, uh, freely between you. Uh, if you want to help someone else, if you like someone's offer and want to help it succeed, that's a thing you can do. Uh, so Elliot, uh, well, yeah, are you straight roll or are you adding anything to this? Uh, well, as the chill, I always roll with one extra die. Very cool. I think that's what I'm going to stick with for the moment. Cool. Uh, so that's that's Elliot's offer. Before we get that roll, uh, Lake, what's your plan here? Well, my plan was to to blast it, but I'm getting the impression that might not. Uh, it's not going to be enough. I mean, you may get another chance, but at this moment, you've got more pressing concerns. Yeah, but I've also been goaded into using my reality prism to blast it. You know, the flamethrower lighter analogy is a little <laughs> bit of a sticking point. Um, how long is like is the rope kind of long enough to get us down there? Uh, for simplicity's sake, let's say it gets you most of the way and there'll be a bit of a drop at the bottom, but nothing life-threatening. And there were also other teenagers up here with us. Like, are those bullies, uh, in, in slug radius? 
Jason and Kabir are with you, yeah. So and they are looking very panicked. They don't look like they have any clue what to do here. Like they were not ready for this level of danger on their first little amateur slug blasting outing. Uh, there's also the crowd of other kids, but they are currently safely separated from the slug on the far side of the crumbling over pass gap. I- I'll give you this offer. If you want to make it a-, a team effort, you and Elliot kind of both working towards the same goal, you can give one of your extra dice to Elliot to roll, and that will uh, allow you to, um, Elliot, to-, to do the entire roll here just uh, uh, as one one thing. Uh, will that only get us one letter of slug, though? Uh I mean, this isn't even about taking the slug out, though. This is about you guys trying to escape. So, uh, yeah, for me to clarify, shooting the slug, if you're trying to blow up the slug, that's what that progress track is for. If you're trying to get out, we've got another, we, we can create another progress track for for that. <laughs> well, then we're already, we've already made headway. Then I think, uh, consider me goaded. Uh, and she's absolutely going to turbo this because there's just no chance of screwing it up. And so she's going to blast it with her flame, her quote unquote flamethrower. There you go, with the uh, the reality scrambling beam. Uh, I love yeah. this. Elliot, let's do your roll first there. That's a six, baby. Yeah! Nice! Amazing. Uh, so yeah, you toss that rope out. Like I say, it's already got a loop in the end from the rescue attempt of Angus last episode. Uh, so you're able to loop that around the rebar, trailing down just far enough that it's like, close to the ground. There's going to be a bit of a drop, but you guys are extreme teen slug blasters. You faced worse uh, worse <laughs> plummets than that. What do, what do you say to everyone else? Uh, there's a way down. <laughs> <laughs> so chill. <laughs> so understated. Uh, Jason and Kabir don't need much convincing. They're they're like good enough and uh, like even push past you to start climbing down the rope. Uh, let's bounce over to Lake though. You're gonna get the shot off before you make your uh, escape. Uh, let's yep. get that roll. Cool. I'm adding a die with my turbo as yep. well. Two fives. Two fives. Mixed success, but a success nonetheless. I This is the first time we've seen this reality scrambling beam. I want to hear your description. What does this look like at, as Lake lets loose here? Yeah, so Lake's reality cannon is a large, uh, about a five foot long weapon that she'll often sort of stand upright next to her under her right arm. Think like a t-shirt cannon, but big and sci-fi. Uh, and all the buttons and uh, uh, ways that you operate it uh, have very much like an arcade machine aesthetic. Uh, and so um, she holsters uh, the plasma blaster uh, pistol into the little holster there, uh, starts winding up uh, the reality cannon, uh, spinning the joystick Mario Party style with her palm uh, as like charge goes. And you really tell she's she's going to give it her all here. She's, she's kicking it into overdrive. Br- bit of fear in her face because, uh, again... Last time she did this was a few uh, months ago, and it cost her uh, the right half of her body. But here we go. Uh, blast it. Uh, it. It's like a lob shot. It's like, um, again, like a t-shirt cannon. It's like a thunk. And just like glowing orb lobs its way towards the slug. Lake does this. Angus is like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and this, this uh, pulsing, glowing orb, uh, yeah, lodges itself. You can see it arc over top of the slug and it almost looks like you you're gonna miss it for a second there uh but then it it completes the arc and plummets straight down on the top of this thing and you can see it embedded itself uh the slug itself is kind of translucent so you can see it embed itself like you see the glow of the orb go inside the slug and then sort of a pulse as it bursts and has its effect any particular 
variety of rea reality scrambling, or are we just talking general uh, glitched out? Yeah, data this one. Uh, I mean, I have two abilities: one that lets me change minor features, but this one is just uh, blast things either destructive and permanent or unpleasant and temporary. Obviously, destructive and permanent. It's just going to be like a big, like a a big glowy energy grenade, basically. Absolutely, and it does just that. So, uh, yeah, you see part of the slug. It, it's similar to the right half of your body. It, it kind of scrambles and glitches out, uh, and when it, it resolves, uh, there is much less slug there than there was before. Still a formidable enemy. You've still got two, two letters left to go in this progress track, uh, but you've taken out a, a sizable chunk of this thing, uh, and it, it, uh, you, it makes an uh, unholy shrieking Kind of like, there's no mouth on this thing. It's just sort of a big gelatinous blob. But from somewhere deep within it, you hear this shriek uh, that kind of sends a chill down your spine. But there's no time for that. It's still bearing down on you. And luckily, Elliot has uh, uh, resolved your escape plan. I'm assuming you guys all take the rope? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Well, before we find out what Angus is going to do here, I want to resolve. Uh, Liam did roll fives, which are uh, mixed successes. Uh, and that does mean that there is, you, you succeed in what you're doing, but there is a problem. And as, uh, Elliot and Lake, you're moving towards the rope, uh, you hear some screams from across the chasm and, and across the gap there, you can see eerily familiar bubbling blue liquid coming up through the pavement as, uh, two more of these slugs are materializing over on the other side of the overpass near where, uh, where you left all of your friends and, and classmates behind. Uh, and they've all noticed this, and, and pandemonium is happening here. Uh, luckily, because they saw what happened on your side, they kind of know what's coming uh, and know to start bolting down. Um, but yes, they are the uh, rest of the group in uh, in Vestitia is now in danger as well. Really quick, let's hear what Angus is planning on doing. Well, this changes things a little bit. Uh, Angus was going to be a little brat and try to get around to the other side of the slug, and uh, basically do like a reverse keep away between him and Lake where the slug would like bounce back and forth and they just like take pieces out of it. Mm. Uh, however, the fact that Angus is the only one, I believe, on this road now, and the fact that now two more slugs have materialized is kind of making him reassess what he wants to do. Angus now thinks that staying on this side and fighting one slug on his own is fine, but not as big of a concern as the slugs that are going to potentially hurt the people on the other side. Mm -hmm. So what I think he is going to do is he's going to use his energy tensor to teleport to the other side of the overpass. Amazing. Hopefully he will get himself in a good enough position that he can start firing on the most threatening looking slug. We're actually going to leave this at this cliffhanger moment before we get the result of that offer uh, to bounce over to our other two party members. Chester and Nick, you guys just took out some bullies. You each uh, powered up your, uh, well, for some of you, your second signature device. Um, uh, yeah, you, you showed some bullies who was boss, taught him a lesson. You've got your devices. You're feeling really good. At which point you started hearing the screams coming from the top of the overpass. Uh, I'm picturing you guys, you're on the ground level, as it were, which is still like the 12th story of these buildings because it's all filled up with sand in between in like the streets are just sand dunes. But yes, you uh, you are outside of the building now uh, looking up, seeing the scene ahead of you. What's happening with Chester and Nick? Have we seen the other two slugs up here? 
Yes, I think from your vantage point, you can see everything that's happening. So you've seen one come up, you saw Lake fire off the shot, and, and you know, this is playing out in real time. Uh, and then you've, you've maybe heard the screams on the other side, uh, and, and maybe aren't entirely sure, but you can make a pretty good guess that there's more of them approaching. Well, that doesn't seem like the party that we left behind. Oh, no. Yeah. Looks like they need my our help up there. I, d- how much salt do you have on you? None? It, it's probably none. I, I don't typically pack salt. Oh, okay. That, I was hoping ever. that you would say it like a lot. Oh, boy. I mean, I guess, you know, if they're calling it Slug Blaster, we really should have thought, like, oh, bring some salt. That's what deals <laughs> with these slugs, right? But... Well, that's fine. We got to get up there and we got to help those those folk. And I point to like the, where the two uh, slugs are. Uh, so Chester's planning to make his way up there. We can leave it there. You're running your way up. Uh, Nick, same same basic idea. Yeah, I'm wondering what's the the quickest route up to the top there. Like, would it be like do we have to kind of go all the way around to get up the on ramp portion of the overpass, or is there a way to say go up the side? So I think we had established last time that there was sort of a, yeah, like a curved on-ramp that goes up and then this uh, this crumbling gap in the middle of the overpass. And so you've got some people on one side with the ramp going down, some people on the other side that extends off into the distance. I will, I'll say there is, because uh, you're in sort of the, the crumbling city portion of, of Vestige here, that there is an office building uh, that is, you know, crumbling and leaning at a peculiar angle as, as previously established that is close enough to that, uh, uh, the side of the overpass with the two slugs that you could potentially make the jump across, but it would take you some time to like get up the, uh, the staircase and whatnot. Would it be faster than going the long way around? Possibly, uh, might depend on how your rolls go. I was just going to say, if there are any sort of support struts underneath the overpass with my Rift Ninja sneakers, uh, using the anti, uh, anti-nega friction outsoles, I might be able to run up that. Oh, to sort yeah. of cut some distance instead of having to go all the way around. It would still Absolutely. probably take some time, but... Yeah, no, I think that makes total sense. There would definitely be a support column of some sort there, so you can definitely get up that way. I don't know, depends on whether Chester will be able to follow you, but uh, with his powered armor, he may have some abilities there. Yes. So what I was going to offer is I have heavy-duty servos, uh, and one of the things I can do is jump great distances. So what I was kind of imagining is, you know, like jump up the the wall or like a ways up there make big bounds up a la like the hulk <laughs> just being able to like yeah, yeah, yeah. latch in with the big gauntlets and launch for myself from from there keep kind of bouncing up uh, off the walls or like various things perfect let's incorporate that building then if you uh, i'll give you this offer if you want I think you could do one of your big, incredible Hulk jumps partway up the side of this leaning office building, and then a second incredible Hulk jump ricocheting off of that to redirect you back onto the overpass. Uh, you could sort of parkour your way up onto the top of this <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, Nick, you've got your support strat that you can run straight up. I love all of these offers. That's beautiful. Let's get those rolls. Why not? Um, and let me know if you're trying to look cool, if you're adding extra dice uh, using any of your abilities, if you're adding extra kick using any of your abilities. I want to boost dice and also boost kick. 
Amazing. Because I, I know that this is like more of an impossible kind of a scenario. So I'm like, I'm probably going to have to push these things to the limit. And I'm doing that through my device. And of course, I'm going to look cool. This, how do you not look cool is my question. <laughs> <laughs> it would be very hard pressed to not cool look cool. I mean, the way you don't look cool is you roll a failure on this. And that remains to be seen. Um, we're going to get another progress track going here because it seems like a lot of you have a similar goal, which is to save your classmates. Classmates is a very long word. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. We're going to go with save. Hmm. I'm liking these four letter words. They're my favorite. Okay, let's get those uh, Let's get those rolls from Nick and Chester. Okay, okay so uh, I, I rolled... Turbo, that's the extra dice, and I'm adding mm-hmm. the kick. Uh, my first roll was a one, but the second Ooh. roll was a six. So yeah. there you go. That's the entire reason we do the turbo. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that is an unequivocal success. Yeah, I, I picture this as, like you say, you have this jumping ability with your uh, with your powered armor. So yeah, you and you're this is new to you. Like you just found this powered armor last session in this same dimension like you're still Mm -hmm. in the same outing where you found this for the first time so you're kind of scrambling on the fly and trying to figure out how this works and make it do the thing you're wanting it to do yeah so through a combination of of luck and intuition you're you're you know pounding at big clackety keyboard keys on the wrist console of this thing and manage to enter something that that uh you know something lights up and another thing pings and before you know it you're uh much like the uh the boots from the ill-fated live-action Super Mario movie, uh, the <laughs> bottoms of your of the soles of your uh, of your boots kind of launch out from underneath you and propel you, um, and you realize that while this is great because you're getting vertical and that's what you need, it's launching you straight towards the side of a building, and that maybe is where that early one uh, where we justify of like it's looking like you're about to splatter yourself on the side of an office building, yeah. but you manage to get a leg up in front of you, uh, and and at the nick of time hit that same button again and and time it just right that it launches you off the side of the building. Maybe even like do a bit of a flip and a barrel roll as you propel yourself back at a 45 degree angle and boom, land down on the top of the overpass uh, in amongst your uh, classmates there. Uh, and you can see now these these slugs have fully materialized. They are up on the surface and are just kind of uh, causing havoc. Most of the students have, have started to funnel their way down, but there are some of them that are uh, um, prevented from doing so by the path of these slugs. Uh, let's check in with Nick. How are things going with you? Oh, also mark your style, Dave, because that was a straight up success. Yes. I think part of Nick's prerogative in making this move is to try and draw the attention of the slugs. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that uh, is done by making a very big anime entrance land and, like, catch attention kind of move. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, That's exactly the plan Nick would come up with. Yep. Uh, So with that, I I think if if that sort of makes sense to apply my know-how of knowing a lot about anime, will that give me that D6, would you say? (laughs) Yeah, okay. I think we're going to run into this a lot with Nick, but yes, I'll, I'll give it to you. So yeah, I've just got um, my standard D6 plus another for the know-how, and then I want to add a kick. Uh, so I will go ahead and roll these. Uh, so that is... Oh, that's a six on that one. Nice. Amazing. Six and and cool. Dave, you added kick to yours as well, right? Uh, that's correct, yes. 
Yes, okay, because the boost is adding extra dice, but the kick is adding extra effect. And since I had said that it was just the one check to get up there and, and you rolled the success on that, I feel like part of kick is like either you're, you're um, yeah, add, adding doing more of what you set out to do, but you can't get more on top of the overpass than you, you're either up there or you're not. Uh, or you get some sort of a side benefit, and I think that's kind of the case with Michael as well here. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna honor both of those kick applications. But first of all, Michael, describe to us you uh, ascending this uh, column. I'm also realizing I meant to say I want to look cool on this, but mm-hmm. I was stating a bunch of other things. I can also just not do it. I'm sorry. I, I meant to say it, but no, I no, no. You get. I I think this in saying that you want it to look like an anime. <laughs> I think you uh, implied it. <laughs> uh, uh, agree to disagree. Fair. Just, well, fair, fair. Within this, I think the the way that it sort of plays out is Nick's going to engage pretty much every aspect of his devices that he can at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in running up the support beam of of this overpass, he's activating the anti nega friction outsole so he can literally run up the wall. Uh, he's also going to enact uh, the astral phasing portion of his Rift Ninja sneakers, which allows him to become slightly not there, ghostly enough to help you move silently. So as he's running up the wall, it's perfectly silent, like it's it's not making any any noise to draw attention to him. But as soon as he pulls himself up over the edge of the overpass, that's when he unsheaths the Nega Friction Sword. It sparks to life with that red energy, and uh, he just like flips over into the middle of the overpass. Uh, in front of the slugs and uh, just shouts out looks like we got a bit of a pest problem here (laughs) (laughs) i love this precious boy um yeah that looks cool as hell and this is where we're gonna get in so dave i i mentioned everything about your uh your awesome hulk slash iron man-esque entrance into this into the fray here i think the the extra bonus you get from adding kick is that you don't land just on the overpass itself uh, in a cool superhero pose. You actually land on top of one of these uh, slugs that is materialized on oh, the side yes. of the thing. Uh, and and the force of you coming down in this powered armor, having launched yourself off the side of the building, is enough to take out a good chunk of it. It sort of bursts underneath you. Could I offer, mm-hmm. uh, instead of landing directly... It'd be like I'm going by the face of it, and yeah. I just give it a good old like Superman punch as I go by. <laughs> You're absolutely right. That's way more Chester. Uh, yeah. Yes, that is what happens. <laughs> you give it a good, good old fashioned Superman punch. Uh, so we're gonna give you another tick on that tr- progress track, which now says Slug Trio because there are three of them. Uh, so it's gonna take you longer to take out all three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Michael, I think your intent was to distract the slugs uh, to help get your classmates to safety. Um, and yes. this uh, big showy display of anime energy does exactly that. Uh, so we're going to put a tick on the save progress track uh, as your uh, commotion you cause draws the attention of both slugs. They're kind of not, you know, on you, but but looking your way. And that allows a couple of the stragglers that couldn't quite get past them. Uh, they get their window and are now making their way down. So everyone is on their way down this uh, on-ramp. The slugs are still here in a very real danger, but they're on their way to safety. Let's bounce back over to Angus. Uh, You were, uh, you had a role that was about to be resolved there. You were going to try and teleport across to help with your friends. Let's get that role. I'm going to reuse the uh, D6 that I had lost previously and got back through Adrenaline Rush. So I'm going to roll 2D6 on this one and go turbo with my skip mode runners. Angus starts running. He's running towards the gap. 
And I roll a six. Amazing. You guys are having amazing rolls tonight. Yeah. So you're, uh, describe to us what this teleportation ability of your, of your runners looks like. I think how it sort of looks to everyone else is like if you were to jump over a puddle, Angus runs, leaps off one end of the over- overpass, promptly blinks out of existence and back into existence, landing on the other end of the overpass. Yeah, I think it's that, again, that same sort of glitchy aesthetic where you sort of like, yeah, you you, you blip out and sort of the, there's that residual image for a second and then you sort of materialize back into existence and it's it's got a little bit of that like bad tracking on a movie where like suddenly there's something there that that uh, wasn't before. And I think for Angus, what it, it's going to look like, because you, you kind of have to see where you're going. That's part of a condition of the of the energy tensor. I think for him, what it looks like is almost like he is yanked in fast motion across the overpass, and then it settles by the time he lands. That totally makes sense. Given everything we know about these sneakers and how they work, that makes total sense. Uh, so you're there with the others. You see that two of these, uh, the, the two monsters here, one of them uh, has, has just been Superman punched by uh, Chester. <laughs> and Chester, you find your your fist is covered in this this sort of blue ooze that is uh, being, that is covering, possibly being secreted by these slugs. It's not sticky. It's the opposite of sticky. It's very, very like slick, uh, which is how these things are moving so fast. They're gliding around on this sort of, very uh, frictionless ooze that allows them to just careen around at very high speeds. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's sort of like glopped onto your hand. You're, you're shaking it up. But yeah, you find that you you don't have any sort of uh, grip with that hand currently. It's, it's just uh, like you dipped it into a barrel of oil. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, yes, there are these two slugs. One of them has just been punched. Both of them are currently looking at uh, Nick uh, because he did a cool anime intro and a yell. Um, and the, uh, the remaining students are, are making their way down the overpass, but they're going to need some time and these things move fast. What do you do? Angus, uh, takes in this, uh, this big dude in a big mech suit and this, uh, very little dude with a glowing red katana is like, whoa, uh, he's going to fire with his, uh, ray gun. Fair Uh, enough. And I think I want to use his guts. Maybe his. Uh, maybe he runs right up to one of the slugs and just fires point blank. Uh, and I would like to add a kick to this roll. Amazing. Is this the slug that's been Superman punched or the other one that is as yet undamaged? I'm picturing the slug that's been punched because I'm just picturing that as being the one closer to Angus. That makes total sense. All right, let's get that roll. Here we go. 1d6 plus kick. Five. Once again, the air around you crackles with electricity or, or plasma or whatever it happens to be, lights up in that bright blue color, uh, and you land a shot maybe right where it just got punched, just adding uh, injury to more injury. No insult, but just injury. <laughs> um, and because you added kick, that's going to uh, mark two progress tracks. So I think that's enough that like you just happen to get it in a weak point. Maybe Dave softened it up for you, uh, and you land that shot and it bursts into a, a explosion of, of blue goo. That was, sorry, what did you roll? I rolled a five, mixed success. You did roll a mixed success, didn't you? So I think I sure that's did. where it comes into play, is uh, the, the blue goo, uh, it explodes and just, and that like really satisfying, like a Nickelodeon slime kind of way that just, just bursts everywhere. But in bursting everywhere, 
you and Chester take the brunt of it. And uh, as we described, it's it's this very, very slick substance that uh, is allowing them to glide around. You guys are both now coated in it and you find you can't keep your footing. You're both kind of uh, find yourselves falling to the ground. You're, you're having a hard time yeah, keeping your footing much less like, say, riding a hoverboard or anything like that. You are both uh, very frictionless at the moment, which is a dangerous state to be in at the top of a very high and precarious crumbling overpass. <laughs> so that is your complication. Uh, keep in mind, anytime there's a problem, you guys do have the ability to nope it. Uh, so I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that now. All you have to do is tell me how and mark some trouble, and that's a thing you can do. I, I, I don't know if I have anything immediately so to nope, but do, do I need to have something at this current moment? Like, nope is just the ability you have, so you mark two trouble and you get to avoid this consequence. You just tell me how that happens. It can be as simple as, I step to the left and miss the, like, I step out of the way. Um, right. Does your powered armor have a complex system of windshield wipers? <laughs> That could also be, yeah. It can be as elaborate or as simple as you want. The price of it is marking two treble on your character sheet. Right. I th I, I can see it just uh, him taking it. Because that's the thing. He's not a good dodgy boy, uh, which is bad for, uh, you know, boxing purposes. But, you know, he takes <laughs> hits. That's what he does. Fair enough. That just may put you, uh, bo the both of you, out of commission for uh, the foreseeable future here for, until we can... You found a way to deal with your uh, state that you're in, uh, but let's uh, unless uh, Angus, you're all good with taking the brunt of it. Uh, I mean, Angus is like right in the in the midst of everything. In the splash he's, zone, he's right in the splash zone is the thing. But I think I will nope it in that case. I think what he's maybe gonna do is back up quickly with with his shoes, and I think. He's still going to be, like, kind of hit by the goo, but it's it's just like, ah, that's going to be hard to get out of the laundry later, but not, like, incapacitating. Yeah, it catches you across the chest or something, but it's not on your hands or feet, so you're able to kind of keep your footing. Maybe you step back quickly uh, and, like, just catch it as, you know, you take one step back and you're fine. You take a second step back and you feel the edge of the overpass behind you, but it's just enough to get out of the way of the, the brunt of the blast. Uh, whereas Chester uh, is is... Goop City, baby. Uh, his beautiful new powered armor that he just got this run is absolutely coated in uh, in blue ooze. Uh, one slug is down. Elliot and Lake, uh, you are making your descent. Jason and Kabir are ahead of you. They're they're already most of the way down the rope, and uh, you guys are uh, following suit. Uh, what are uh, Lake and Elliot up to? What do we see down there? Because now we're kind of out of sight and and um, really out of the fray. Uh, any chance those like like the the other students who are running away and coming like looping back around down the overpass are they okay are they being chased by anything yeah i think they are uh they, like you can see them now they're sort of rounding the corner where they're just coming into your field of vision and you can see that they're coming down they're all pretty panicked uh and clearly like looking back over their shoulder to see if the slug is following as of yet it's not but they're not out of the woods by any means uh so yeah you can see them up ahead uh, so I think she's uh, deduced, maybe from the little bit that she fought the one up top, that they are very slimy and slippery. She's maybe put that together, maybe heard of these in Vestige before. Either way, uh, she wants to do another lob shot from her uh, reality cannon towards where the students uh, are running down that part of the thing. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and I want to change, I'm going to use the parameter dial to temporarily change a minor feature of a target. I want to make as much of the tarmac or as much of the road that they're coming down sandpapery. Ah, so that they get more traction and the slugs uh, get, are slowed get less. down. Yeah, I want to I want to slow the slugs down and give people running down a hill more traction. Well, more it's the slow the slugs down. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic offer. Um, yeah, let's get that roll. Are you are you adding anything to it? I think because I'm trying to cover the entire you know at least left to right and then as as long as I can chunk of road. Yeah, I think I might as well add some kick to it. Yeah, that will have a, a direct uh, mechanical impact on on um, how much this helps your classmates. So yeah, let's go for it. Five. Uh, you you fire that lob shot. It's a different colored energy ball this time. Yeah, sort of. It's actually it it looks uh it looks like sandpaper. It it sort of defies logic and looks like <laughs> a semi translucent orb of sandpaper is going through the sky. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, and that makes content, uh, contact just sort of in front of where they're running down the hill. Uh, and I think it, it kind of startles them for a moment because it like energy ball hits and they're like, oh, no, is this going to be a big explosion or something? Uh, but then they, they just find that like, oh, suddenly they've got slightly surer footing and are able to sort of uh, navigate their way down a little easier. Um, and meanwhile, that's going to cause a, a serious impediment to any slugs that would want to chase after them. Nightmare for the treads on the shoes, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so we've ticked off a couple of boxes. Thanks to your added kick there. You have uh, very gotten very close oh, to uh, ensuring the safety of your classmates. However, it was a mixed success. Mm-hmm. Uh, that always means another complication. And I think that complication comes in the form of the original slug, the one that you were fighting in the first place, uh, has noticed now that all of its prey is uh, not where it left it it's it's all descending on this rope and slug can't climb rope that's one thing about slug it can't climb rope uh so it's not going to follow you down that rope uh and instead notices that like it's got an opportunity here to uh head them off at the pass you're not seeing this from a bird's eye view so you're not able to see quite how it got where it's getting but you suddenly uh just as your classmates are like oh nice we're out of the woods there's this sandpaper it's gonna slow them down perfect nothing can chase us uh, you hear the screams start again as they realize that there is now a slug barreling towards them from the front. Let's uh, check in with with Elliot. Uh, you're, you've found your your feet are on solid ground now. Jason and Kabir are also safely down to the surface. Uh, what's Elliot's next move? Uh, I think it's time for Elliot to pull out her gun. I think so too. I think it's about time. <laughs> it's about time for her to get violent. Yeah. <laughs> Firing at anything in particular, or or uh, what's what's the play? I was thinking of the one that's barreling down to my classmates. That makes absolute sense. Uh, and I do want to look cool. I think this is a very cool, like, drawing it out of the an inner pocket of her army jacket and just, like... Blasting off a shot. Blasting off a shot. Just looking cool. And finally, did you want to add any kick of any kind? That depends on which progress track it is. If you're adding kick, I would let you break it up. Sure, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Add and kick. Keeping in mind that looking cool, any problems you roll are going to be worse, but mm-hmm. let's uh, let's see it. Okay, remember that thing where I have <laughs> uh, I have the uh, anytime I roll doubles, I get style, and I look cool without even trying. Yeah, I did that, but they're two threes. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Uh, so threes are are failures. Uh, you don't get to uh, to do the thing you're trying to do. Um, you do get to mark style. So yeah, I think you uh, 
let me take a moment to resolve exactly how this works because that's that's a failure which will result in a problem i have an offer i know this isn't my character no absolutely i i love that part of what i love about this game is that we can all kind of chime in with offers and that offer things for each other so please for Elliot using kick, that would mean going turbo with her voidware backpack. Yes. And I was thinking, well, what would that look like? What if she tried to pull a special kind of ammunition out of the voidware backpack? And maybe the threes mean that it's not a very good kind of ammunition. Hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about that offer, Elliot? Uh, sure. Yeah, we can, uh, we can work with that. Yeah, so maybe you, you've seen kind of, you guys have been blasting at these things and, and your regular ray guns just don't quite seem to have the uh, the power they need to burst one of these. Uh, and this thing's bearing down on your classmates quickly, so you are, are not wanting to spend the time to, you know, fire off multiple shots and, and wear this thing down. You want to take it out uh, in one go. So using your Voidware backpack, you reach in to grab uh, an item from the multiverse, hoping that it's going to be something that gives yourself, uh, your gun, a little bit more kick. Uh, and you, uh, pull out a capsule of a glowing, uh, cylinder, pop that into the ammunition chamber on the side of your ray gun, uh, and fire off a shot, crossing your fingers that this is going to do more damage. Um, and unfortunately, that, uh, is not what happens. This, you land this shot, it does hit the, uh, the slug. Uh, our problem here is that not only does it not do damage, which is what you were aiming for, you see the slug begin to sort of shudder and vibrate and then expand and it is getting larger you have uh transformed i believe we uh described them as about the size of a minivan the first time and it is rapidly approaching semi-truck uh you've you've uh created a larger threat for your <laughs> classmates to deal with by mistake uh that did look really cool you you pulled out a chamber fired off an awesome energy beam and landed the shot right down the middle so you get to mark your style <laughs> however <laughs> The stakes have never been a bigger slug than they are right now. <laughs> hey, everybody, it is Robin, your slug master, just popping into the episode to let you know that if you're enjoying Quantum Kickflips so far, if you're liking this show, uh, you should follow us on social media at Quantum Kickflip on all of the relevant platforms and uh, leave us a nice review or share the episode with someone else that you think might dig it. That helps us out so much right now. We really, really appreciate it. It means the world to us. We're a brand new podcast, so we need that positive buzz. Uh, as well, if you want to see more stuff from us, we are all part of a sketch comedy group called The Debutantes, and you can find our stuff on YouTube at Debutantes Sketch or at thedebutantes.ca. we got lots of videos up there that you can check out. Uh, if you want to know more about the game we're playing, Slug Blaster, you can look it up on Kickstarter or at slugblaster.com. Uh, it's in the pre-order stage right now. It's been fully funded, so you can pre-order your copy uh, for its release in summer of 2021. Uh, and finally, we're going to be starting a brand new run next episode. We're going to be uh, taking our characters to a new dimension starting a new adventure uh and you can join us for that uh our next episode goes up wednesday may 12th but for now let's rejoin our characters in vestige for the thrilling conclusion back up at the top it's been a while since we've checked in with nick uh, you landed your cool anime opening, you attracted the attention of both slugs. One of them has since been exploded, uh, but you've got another one that you're dealing with. Uh, it has yet to even take a hit. What do you do? I think I gotta move in and try and cut up that slug. <laughs> I think so, too. 
Uh, so yeah, I think with that, um, I'll be using the aspect of the Nega Friction Sword, uh, using Nega Friction Field, roll to slice, dice, chop, and stab things. Amazing. So, Adding anything uh, boost-wise or, or kick-wise. Yeah, I you know what? I think I'm going to do a little both there. I, I'm going to go turbo on it to use uh, the last of my boost dice, as well as the last of my device kick. Incredible. So. Let's get that roll. <laughs> Ooh, baby! Got both ends of the spectrum, a six and a one. Woo! Uh, the six is all that counts, though. That's the beautiful part. <laughs> so, yeah, you move in, and because and you added kick to this as well, right? Yes, I did. So, uh, let's let's get your... Describe to us the, uh, I'm assuming, very anime-inspired sequence of events that plays out uh, as Nick draws his uh, Nega Friction Katana. Yeah, so I see him running forward toward this slug, and he's sort of over toward the side of the overpass. Mm-hmm. And if there's like a, a guardrail on the edge, he does like a jump from the ground to the rail and then off that to get air in a, a sort of strike toward the slug. Yeah. And then uh, with his negatana raised above his head in sort of a, a vomtog sort of position, just holding it straight up above him, he shouts out, Negatana third form, inertia's flywheel! And uh, with that, he brings the sword forward and, like, pulls himself into a front somersault. So he's doing, like, a full spin with the sword out, uh, kind of just, like, saw-blading himself and spins forward into this slug uh, sword first. Oh, incredible. Amazing. Fantastic. And so uh, with your kick, you uh, knock out uh, a couple progress tracks for the, uh, the slug trio. And yeah, it was that was a six that you rolled. So I think this is enough that yeah, it, you you essentially carve clean through it. It does the like, again, very anime inspired thing of like both sides just sort of fall away to either side and leave you standing in the middle with your sword drawn. <laughs> I love too that you did the launch off the guardrail and back towards it. You saw Chester clumsily launch himself off the side of the building in much the same way, and you're like, aha, and uh, and did it with a lot more finesse. But I, you guys are are drawn from each other and learn from each other, and I love it so much. Yeah. So yeah, you've uh, you've obliterated this thing. Somehow managed to to stay clear of most of the uh, the goo. I'm sure you've got a little bit on you, but it's it's not you know to the point of uh, Chester's still struggling to stand himself up over on the other side. I picture Chester's doing like the the Home Alone ice on the back stairs kind of slip and slide. Yes, that's what <laughs> I'm picturing. Uh, let's bounce over to Chester because uh, now the the immediate threat has passed. Uh, you guys have vanquished the two slugs on this side. But Chester, how you doing covered in that goop? Here's the thing. I, I didn't really specifically say, but I was going to say that Chester was going to uh, play ice hockey. was kind of one of his things. His play, favorite player is Dave Brown from the Philadelphia Flyers. who has, Of course. Uh, so I was like, I was going to just skate on like the goo. <laughs> it was going was to be the premise. So like I was, yeah, I've been struggling and I get to like the side of the, the road with the, 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 the railing there and I grab onto it and I, I kind of, I'm able to pull myself up, and I look down below me. I see that slug there, and I, uh, who's down there with it? Is there anybody actually down there with it? Nobody. So you've got a uh, most of the group of, uh, of various classmates. You've got Tamblin, you've got Cheryl Ann, you've got Elliot's crush, uh, you've got other nameless classmates that we didn't introduce. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are all making their way down this on ramp. They were up where you are, but they're headed towards like the ground and and presumably warping the heck out of here they are who are closest to this thing it is it is uh 
barreling down upon them currently. You've also got in a in a separate area, uh, Lake and Elliot, as well as Jason and Kabir, the two members of uh, Subsonic Sentinel. Uh, they have just descended down on a rope and are seeing this play out. They're a little bit further away from the slug uh, and are not being directly threatened by it currently, but they are on the same level. If that makes sense, everyone's on the on the ground. Okay. So, uh, seeing that this slug is down there and it could potentially uh, harm uh, the other classmates, and uh, I, I don't have the ability to do a big old senton bomb. Uh, this is too far up. That's crazy. Uh, however, I think uh, I would be able to at least have enough uh, gumption to go over and just give a classic f- uh, flying elbow a la, you know, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and just go elbow down into this thing and hopefully the whole thing catches me underneath it. So this is uh, this is all <laughs> this is all on the line. I'm I'm hoping I land on it. Yeah, this is uh yeah. This is a high stakes role, yeah. but uh, could very well be enough to uh, to wrap things up here if it's successful. Okay, so uh, what I would like to do uh, with mm-hmm. this, uh, maybe as I'm going to down, maybe there's like sensors on uh, the armor or something, uh, and it invokes the ablatine plates, uh, which is one of the things of the armor, uh, which uh, rolls to absorb damage, can be donned or removed quickly via an automated process. So maybe that's like helping me land, even though like I was going to do it without knowing that uh, this thing was going to come in. <laughs> so what I was hoping would be like use uh, one of the dice, use the kick from the armor as well, uh, use a dice from my grit. Yeah, invoke all. So I'd have two extra dice on this roll because I need this thing. To- <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to die. I feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> if I- <laughs> No, that's fair, and it, like you're, you've got a limited dice pool, but this is also one of the like. If you're not using them now, when are you going to use them? So yeah, absolutely. Let's get that roll. Okay, so with the two extra dice and the kick, <laughs> a two, a three, and a six. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good yeah. thing you added those extra <laughs> dice. <laughs> I think like. As much as this is an unequivocal success, I think it's still a very clumsy maneuver. Yes. Chester is scrabbling and trying to stand and and can't quite get his footing. He also catches a glimpse of the slug barreling down towards his classmates. Uh, But, oh good, Elliot's firing a laser at it, so it's probably fine. Oh no, that didn't work. It's getting bigger rapidly. It's now the size of a semi-truck. Something must be done. Then he says... You can't punch a turtle without breaking a few knuckles. Uh, And over I go... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, <laughs> fall down with the elbow down below me and uh, go into the slug below. Yeah, normally uh, when falling off a uh, crumbling overpass, uh, elbow first is not necessarily the wisest option. But when you're uh, driving it into the heart of a, a kaiju slug monster <laughs> covered in goo, uh, that's that's the only way to do it. And, the, and so, yeah. The armor plates are coming around me a la, like, Iron Man, you know, like, as he's fought, like, it's that whole thing of, it's automating that process a little bit. Yeah, I think it's the kind of thing where, like, this this isn't a, a mech suit that entirely encloses you. Yeah. It's, you know, it, uh, you can see it in, in spots, but you're not entirely enclosed. But it sort of reconfigures itself to be... Like where where maybe it's normally spread out across your entire body, it's now reconfiguring to to get between you and the ground. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Uh, which again, normally not going to help you much, but in this case, exactly what you want. And so I think from the ground, Elliot and Lake, yeah, this you, you see Chester go over the edge, uh, and then you see him kind of disappear behind the top of the slug, because it's huge now and you can't quite get the view of it. And then you see a ripple sort of go out <laughs> through the slug, and then it just sort of bursts in a tidal wave of, uh, of that same blue goo. I, I get a style for that, right? Like, I didn't say, but like, that was clearly meant to be... <laughs> Like, look cool. As of next episode, I am going to make the mandate that you always have to say you're go- you want to look cool if you want to get the style point for it. As of this episode, take your style point. You've earned it. <laughs> um, I, I always, that's my warning for everyone going forward. I always intend to look cool. Every t- Any one of these big maneuvers, always. Always. <laughs> so, yes, you have... Uh, there was not a lot left on the progress track. Granted, Elliot did enlarge it, which, which could have had... Uh, dire effects but we were at uh of slug trio we were at slug tree we only had that o left uh and again it was it was becoming a bigger and bigger o by the second uh, <laughs> uh but you added kick to that role and i think that was enough to just curb it before it got too big and and yeah you have exploded the final slug uh but we still have a little bit left to go on the save progress track and i think what that what that entails is this has just by the nature of the maneuver created a a very large swath of blue goo that is uh impassable without just like falling on your butt uh and you don't know how long it's going to be before you know you've already seen three slugs materialize there is the potential that more could at any second uh so the the last step of saving your classmates is getting them around this uh this ocean of ooze to get back to the exit point meanwhile chester uh we should we should check in and and confirm that you are not dead currently because that was a distinct possibility um but i think yeah it's like you basically uh landed elbow first on a huge water balloon and then you popped the water balloon um but it had slowed your fall enough by that point that it was you know non-lethal you are on your butt in a ocean of ooze and you're still covered in ooze Mm -hmm. but the the immediate threat is dealt with back up on the top of the overpass Nick has just sliced his way through the the remaining slug on the top of there. Uh, Chester has just careened off the edge. And uh, Angus, you've just blipped into existence next to Nick. And you two have never actually met before. We have not. So we we find these two uh, combatants at the top of the overpass. Uh, let's let's have a moment with Nick and Angus. Angus looks over at Nick and at the, the salami slices of slug uh, that are all <laughs> around him. <laughs> and he says... Whoa, that was sick. I think uh, Nick quickly sheathes his negatana, uh, does a big, like, uh, uh, hand across the forehead, wipe of sweat away, and goes, That was an amazing shot you had there! Huh, thanks. I'm Angus. I'm, I'm Nick. How long have you been able to use that weapon? Uh, I first powered it on about 15 minutes ago. Whoa. <laughs> but I've been training on my own for quite a long time now. You're good, kid. While Angus was smoking behind the bleachers, Nick studied the way of the blade. <laughs> I'm assuming, are you guys going to make your way down the uh, the same way that your classmates did? Uh, yeah, Angus is going to look around. Does he see any exit point? Does he see any rifts opening up? Uh, we should we should go into a little bit of detail on how this works. Uh, 
the way that you slice between dimensions in Slug Blaster is you use your hoverboard. Uh, your hoverboard has something called Nth Gear, uh, which is a, a special setting that allows you to yeah uh, tear these rifts in space-time and slip between the fabric of reality. It's it's not so much that like a portal opens and you jump through it. It's like you create the portal for yourself. That said, you do have to find sort of a, a thin zone in reality that you can't just pop through at any point there are are spots where reality is weaker or thinner that you can sort of punch through and part of being a slug blaster is knowing what to look for and knowing how to find those things and i believe in your other gear you can have a uh, some sort of a piece of equipment that helps you locate uh reality thin zones does anyone have that piece of yeah equipment? i did i was i was waiting my turn very patiently but you just described exactly what i was hoping to do if if no solution had been found by the time it got back to me i have a space-time ampimeter and it can be used to find thin zones to return home. That is exactly what you need. Does anyone else have that in their other gear? Now I have a grappling hook and a lighter like a cool person. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, cool. Then yeah, uh, Lake might be your, your best bet out of here, even if you don't currently know that. Um, so no, Angus, you like you don't see any obvious signs of like, you know, no one has opened up any portals yet. Uh, and I don't know that you have been doing this long enough to be able to like, lick your finger, hold it to the wind, and be like, ah, yes, reality thins this way. Uh, <laughs> so, no obvious signs. I was just going to say, I think Nick mentions to Angus, I'll race you down to the others! And then he uh, vaults his way over the side rail and starts running down the support beam on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Cheater. And then Angus teleports. <laughs> Do you have to, is that an ability you roll for, Angus? Oh, yeah. Nick doesn't have to, though. We've heavily established yes, that Nick doesn't have to roll. <laughs> very much established. <laughs> Uh, yes, I am going to roll. I am going to attempt to look cool, but I am only going to roll 1d6, and hopefully it oh pays off for me. Six! Oh! Get out of town. Get out of town. <laughs> when, the, when the stakes are at their relative lowest, yeah. <laughs> uh, Angus... I don't know. The first few times he tried to show off, it did not go well for him. <laughs> yeah, I think this is. we get this beautiful moment where Nick is like, race you to the others, and then runs down the support rail on the opposite side. And comes and just, face like, to face with Angus. Cheats. <laughs> yeah, and then he, he, as he gets to the bottom and levels off, Angus is standing there waiting for you. Angus, what do you, what do you say to Nick? I win. <laughs> uh, I think by the time that Angus blipped into existence, Nick was already like very excitedly rambling about questions about, how did you do that? Was it in your sneakers? Is it the skip modes? What kind of rig did you have set up on those? And he's just already talking as he's still running down the side. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Ah, incredible. So you guys are at the bottom. Your classmates are there. You're all on one side of what I've described as an ocean of ooze. Uh, Chester is in the middle of it. Let's quickly bounce over to uh, Lake and Elliot. You two saw uh, Chester, who you neither of you have actually met yet, uh, mm -hmm. but you saw him careening off the edge, uh, presumably to his death, <laughs> and then he uh, exploded a slug like a giant Gushers fruit snack in front of you, <laughs> yep. uh, creating a, a whole heap of ooze, uh, and you can see the form of Chester in the middle of this ocean. It is completely uh, Tobias Funke from Arrested Development, just like he's blue from head to toe. What do, what do Lake and Elliot do? Elliot, I think we need to to just get the heck out of here. There, are these more of these slug things could pop up any second. I, I'm I'm a bit of a a, a Girl Scout. I packed a space time meter. Um, not not really cool thing to pick, but it's going to be really handy now. I, I can I think I can find a a place to rip a rift, and uh, everyone can jump through. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. 
in fact, and so she's holding it up. It's like a dongle on her phone, uh, as described in the book. Um, it's like a lecture mm-hmm. little, like, it, it's like a, it's a little, uh, antenna that just goes into the headphone jack somehow. And, uh, I, I mean, you can tell me where it is, but I'd like to think it's right where all that goo is. Uh, and if possible, I want to create like a whirlpool, like, I think we all imagine the rifts as like very much doorways, like up and down vertical. I'd like it to be horizontal to the ground. Uh, and essentially, you know, the, the, uh, slide at West Edmonton Mall water park. That's like a, like a toilet flush. <laughs> I'd, I'd love for uh, all, me and my new crew and all the classmates, uh, to essentially like flush down and, and, and come out the other side, uh, uh, through, through this puddle of ooze. That is an incredible offer, and I love it. So yeah, I think you're with your space-time amphimeter, I think you're able to determine that, yes, the, the thinnest uh, spot of reality that's nearest to you that you might have a chance of punching through is right where Chester's uh, form is in the middle of this blue goo ocean. There's not, there isn't a portal there yet, whether it's vertical or, or horizontal or what remains to be seen depends on how you slice it. But that's where, the, that's where reality is at its thinnest. That's where you can punch through. There is still the the difficulty of how you gonna how you gonna cross this ooze that completely renders uh, uh, friction and traction non-existent. Well, that was sort of the the sort of the idea was that it used the goo to our advantage, like everybody into the goo, and we'd all sort of slide to the middle. Ah, I see, I see. Then yeah, uh, like how do you how do you articulate to this to the rest of your crew? You've got you the two of you plus Jason and Kabir on one side, everyone else kind of off on the far side. I'm picturing. 60 to 80 feet away i think she would just sort of shout it out to everyone though i see we have one le- final e on our on our track here um yeah and so I, it makes sense i wouldn't have to roll for it or whoever wants to rip it um but i was thinking using my heart playbook my my special describe uh how your passion and empathy helps your action and i think mm-hmm. just like yelling to everyone like hey we all gotta get out of here gang we gotta go these things could be back right away got guy in the middle i've never met do it kick into the nth gear uh, I, I think Chester is like, he has probably got his, uh, his bell rung a little bit and is kind of like, uh, uh, I'll, I'll take the board off my back and like turn it on, like kind of like heave myself onto it as best I can and like hit the nth gear and maybe um, that's... Yeah. then I'd like to, I'd like to give him one of my heart dice essentially. Yeah, your your inspiring speech of like we all got to get out of here. They could be back at any moment. We got to work together. Um, yeah, that that sort of like gives Chester the strength of like you're right. We do need to get everyone out to safety. We got to do this, uh, allowing him to have an extra die. So I think this will take a roll. Um, but Dave, you can roll with an extra die from Liam as well as any other uh, extra things you choose to add to that. Uh, I'm just going to roll uh, just the two dice. I rolled a two and a five. Beautiful. Uh, so that is a mixed success. So we're going to check that last b- box on the progress track. You have both defeated all three slugs and you've saved your classmates and created an exit for them to get home. Uh, Chester, like you described, throws himself onto his board. Uh, he's, he's barely holding it together, but he knows what he has to do. Kicks it into nth gear. And I'm picturing him like riding it. Like he's he's on his chest on top of his board, like he's on one of those little wheelie carts in in elementary school gym <laughs> yeah. class. Yeah. Anyone else's elementary school have those? I hope yeah. they did. Otherwise, this reference. I think work. maybe everyone is like <laughs> okay, uh, and yeah, like sort of uh, shoves himself off and and uh, yeah, the, slices through reality just like Liam described. Uh, maybe because of the weird angle that you're at, it it ends up creating the portal horizontally instead of vertically. Yeah, this this ooze starts to sort of drain down uh, through 
uh, the portal that you've created, uh, and, and like you call out to your classmates and everyone sort of makes their way towards the, uh, the center. Let's take stock. Has anyone marked trouble thus far? Yes. I think it might just be Angus. Has anyone else marked trouble? No. No. All right. So before we resolve the, uh, the mixed nature of this success, uh, I want to call for once per run, at least once per run, sometimes more. I am supposed to call for what's called a disaster roll. Uh, it's usually towards the end of the run. It has the potential to take people out of the game. It is kind of the big, the the biggest, highest stakes thing that can happen. How it works is everyone would roll one d six. If you beat your trouble score, you're fine. Nothing happens. If you roll lower than your trouble score, disaster strikes. Obviously, the higher your trouble score, the harder it is to beat. So you're try- that's why you're trying to keep your trouble low. Uh, you all did exceptional at that this time. Very few people noped anything. No one has to roll this except for Angus. Hey. Uh, Angus, it's time for a disaster roll, and you have marked two troubles so far? I have marked two troubles, so I need to roll a two or higher or a three or higher? Uh, three or higher, because if you roll, yeah, if you match your trouble, that's bad. If you beat it, that's good. Cool. Mm. All right, here we go. Just one straight d6, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't get to add anything to this one. Fair. One. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We were doing so well. Of course it had to come back around. So Chester opens this portal in the center of the, the ocean of ooze. And uh, and the, like I say, it sort of creates this whirlpool effect. The ooze is funneling through. And I think uh, everyone is able to sort of launch themselves towards the center and, and slide like you've... you've set it up so that even if you fall on your butt you're going to make your way towards the center and pass through the portal um and i think the mixed success of your role chester Mm -hmm. dave is that uh this uh opens up directly above the gravel pit party that you guys warped here from (laughs) and just empties a truckload of ooze onto the gathering of students there and like it puts out the bonfire and it coats the uh, Elliot's speaker system and all the snacks are ruined. Uh, this gravel pit is just full of, of blue goo as all of you sort of like from six feet or ten feet above the ground just sort of like plop down and all kind of like ow, 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 ow. Uh, not enough to like cause any serious or lasting injuries, but but everyone's sort of like battered and bruised, and everyone at the party is now covered in ooze. Yeah, even people who but you're home, so it matters less. <laughs> Meanwhile, Angus, poor sweet Angus. Sweet cherub did nothing wrong in his life. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you just like you're you're one of the last to go in. Uh, maybe you you lose your footing early and have trouble getting the momentum for whatever reason. Everyone else makes it through this portal, and then by the time you get to to where it is, yeah, the, these ethereal planes of reality have just shifted as such that you just can't fight quite find the spot. And even if you could, you might not be able to like ambulate yourself and get where you need to go because it's just it's too slippery it's all it's all a mess and we're gonna invoke one of the other elements of slug blaster that we haven't actually seen a lot of yet which is peel back peel back is a a rough rough element of slug blasting essentially the way that these dimensions work your body is inherently tethered to your home dimension the longer that you are away and the further you are away from your home dimension, the more you're kind of stretching your connection, uh, the more violently the universe wants to snap you back to where you came from. 
Um, and if you're away for long enough or if you're hit hard enough, this can cause what what is known to Slug Blasters as peelback, where you are pulled violently back to the plane of Null. Uh, and so while you end up there with your classmates, you are, you are uh, essentially out of commission at this point. Like, you are barely barely conscious and, and, and uh, much with the worth, worse for wear. That said, you are only one dimension away from your home uh, plane, you, you're, uh, and you weren't there for a particularly long time. It's, you haven't pushed yourself to the limit. I think that, like I said, the further you get and the longer you go, the harder it snaps you back. Uh, as far as peelback goes, this is a relatively light one. Angus is gonna be okay, uh, but this has, uh, you know, any chance of continuing on the party and, and chatting up your new friends has uh, is, is kind of evaporated here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where you all find yourselves, is back in the gravel pits uh, that are now uh, this sort of knee-deep full of ooze. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think you all kind of find yourselves close together maybe there's a moment of wait where did angus go i I was just with that that kid angus and he was right next to me and then suddenly he pops back and you're like oh thank goodness he made it through but you can tell right away that like something's something's wrong here he's not he didn't come back the same way the rest of you came back angus is he gonna be okay wake wake up hey i I think what angus is actually gonna do because he's like barely conscious probably feeling pretty faint massive headache existing hurts a lot right now so i think what he's gonna do is uh start tapping his heel into the ground and cradling his head in his hands and he's just gonna speed up the rest of the night as fast as it can go and curl up into a ball and try to wait this out and shrink the waiting time as much as possible. So to everyone else, I think he's just got his head in his hands, glassy-eyed. Maybe he tries to say, like, I'm fine, but he isn't even trying to keep it up, so it sounds super slow and super slurred, and he just seems completely out of it. As I, you know, after I kind of, like, I'm wiping off the goo and I can see that, you know, Angus is having a hard time, I I might reach into my own pack and, like, open up my uh first aid kit that is one of the things i have and i like see what i could do like oh boy this 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 looks really bad um and and tries to fiddle around maybe get some advil but it's hard to feed it to angus because angus is like skipping time so it's like uh he tries to take it and just ends up knocking it clumsily out of your hand (laughs) hey okay well Oh, uh, and I I want to try to like t- like look after Angus a little bit, like try to stay with him because you know you d- you get banged up hard, you know. Oh boy, that's a that's a rough day, you know. Yeah, I think that sort of draws you. You you know that what that feels like, and so you kind of form a bit of a connection there. Despite the fact that you all came there separately and you all came there for your own reasons, like uh, Nick and Chester, you were sort of working together. Uh, Lake and Angus uh, were working together. Uh, Elliot got pulled into that conflict and then Angus sort of jumped to the gap. So you've all kind of, you're all familiar with each other at this point and you're all kind of crowded around Angus as he's collapsed there. And I think as you're as sort of trying to comfort him and figure out what to do, you start to hear uh, your classmates around you. Like the the first few minutes after coming back through the portal were, oh my God, I'm covered in goo. Oh my God, my shirt's ruined. Oh, my mom's going to kill me. Oh, this is awful. Hey, what what happened? Who put the bonfire out? ow, my elbow, I hit my elbow on the way down, that kind of stuff. 
Uh, but now that everyone's sort of shaken it off and we, everyone's aware of what happened and you're all back and you're all safe and there's no more slugs, uh, you begin to hear sort of like chatter around you of like, hey, that's that was that was the guy that cut, cut through the slug with the sword. That was awesome. Oh, did you see when and the other guy jumped and he blinked right across it. He like he, he was gone, but then he was back on the other side. And you see the girl with the cannon. She shot that thing. Oh, my God. And and they were climbing down. I thought they were going to fall when they were climbing down the rope. I thought so, too. Oh, my God. Um, and you kind of start to hear all of the sort of people recapping excitedly what happened on the other side and, and chattering about about the five of you standing there. Tamblin comes over. Hey, hey, um, weird kids. Uh, what's what's your name? Like your your crew name. What, what do we call you guys? You guys were amazing over there. C- crew name? Weird kids. You guys, that's your name? You're called the Weird Kids? Hey, I, I think they're called no, no, the no, Weird no, no, Kids, no. I guess. <laughs> um, Cheryl, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe you guys, uh, you, you took out the big slug, you, it got so much bigger, but then you dealt, that was incredible, and you threw yourself off the top, oh, that was so cool, and then you hear people's kind of starting to like, the rumors spreading about what happened, and I think it's like a game of telephone where it's quickly distorting of like, Oh, I heard there were 15 slugs and they took out all of them and, and with one beam from the reality cannon, like just just decimated them all. Like, well, yeah, well, I heard that that Nick like stuck his sword into the side of the overpass and then sliced his way all the way down. There were sparks going everywhere. It was so cool. Um, and I think that's that's where we leave the party. That's uh, you guys have whether you intended to or not have unintentionally started to make your name a name for yourselves fate has thrust you together and people are talking as uh things die down at the party here like i say there's there's rumors swirling and sort of the myth is developing in real time i think you guys uh one or more of you make sure that angus gets home safely because he's not really in a condition to take care of himself but maybe he's able to sort of slur out his his general address to you guys and and between the the four other characters you're able to get him back home safely we're going to move now into, there's kind of two halves to Slug Blaster. There is the run portion, which is where you go to a cool other dimension and get up to hijinks and, and get into trouble. And then there's what we call the downtime phase. Uh, and that's what we're moving into now. Downtime is when you're back at home and it's sort of, it's your home life, it's your day-to-day, it's your school, it's your job if you have one. It's everything that's not Slug Blasting. Uh, and how it works mechanically is over the course of the run, you've racked up some style points and some trouble points, some of you, not many of you, um, which you can spend on downtime scenes uh, and what those scenes do some of them give you mechanical bonuses in the game they allow you to upgrade your weapons upgrade your abilities uh, unlock new features of your playbook they also sometimes have negative consequences when you're spending your trouble but that's the way that you clear out your trouble so that it's gone before the next run and and you don't have to continue uh, rolling trouble rolls like young Angus did just a moment ago so this is your opportunity to clear out and spend some of those points we essentially go shopping for scenes so you've all got your playbooks open in front of you and you can see sort of the options that are available to you. Does anyone have a scene that they would like to purchase with their style or trouble points? Yeah, actually, and I think it, it's one that makes sense to happen maybe sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Um, I want to use uh, the passion downtime activity where I clear two mm-hmm. styles uh, and then we have a scene of me hyping up the crew, doodling logos in a notebook, daydreaming, slug blasting, checking uh, in on your friends. And it all culminates in me getting a special. I'm going to tell you the special I want, and it'll make sense then what I do. Uh, the special I want okay. is pep talk. Once per run, give everyone 1d6 on their next action. And uh, I think I'm going to spend that hyping up the crew. I 
think it's on the walk home and we all sort of end up in lockstep. I'm definitely uh, with Angus because I'm one of the ones uh, he had the most interaction with uh, this session. Uh, gang, I, uh, yeah, everyone's, everyone's calling us the weird kids. We really should, uh, maybe, maybe not have that stick. You really don't, look, let me tell you, you don't want to get a reputation for things. I mean, that's why I'm called Glitch Girl, and next thing I, you guys are all gonna be, like, the Glitch Crew or something. I don't know, but now we're all the weird kids. Anyway, Wait, I just, I, you, you're Glitch Girl? Yeah, I'm, I'm Glitch Girl. You're the one on all the posters? I, I see you on stuff all the time. <laughs> well, it's not a, it's not a, badge I, I wear with pride. It, it, everyone thinks I hate slug blasting. I mean, definitely what happened tonight is gonna uh, uh, maybe put, put, put an end to that. Oh, jeez, I hope my mom doesn't find out. She's, she's sort of half trying to keep everyone together, but also slightly spiraling herself, but uh, the, it, this is the passion scene, so look, the, the five of us uh, uh, might want to kind of get our story straight, both for trouble at home and for uh, the inevitable wave of rumors it's gonna get blown out. Like, we all know what happened. Just just make sure we all, all describe it the same. And, and and we're not the weird kids, okay? We're I don't know what we are, but we're not the weird kids. Well, hey, look, I, I don't know. I'm just, I just came here to help my buddy Nick here get his Megan uh, Frickton coil, coil back, and we got it back. I, I, and by the way, I, I'm full on uh, carrying Angus with my, like, uh, my, my suit of being able to easily carry Angus by myself. <laughs> cradling uh, him in my arms kind of a thing but yeah I, I wasn't planning i wasn't planning on joining slug blasting you know i i want i came here to canada to play some hockey and well, you know this is how rumors go you're you're tied to us now buster you did amazing out there chester oh uh, yeah i think you could really really be a great member of this team i think you've got a lot to offer yeah i mean but... the way you totally just slammed into that slug was pretty awesome Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, but, you know, like, I'm not really good at the whole, you know, hoverboarding thing. I I, th I thought that that was a kind of a key thing that you need to be able to do, you know? Well, I mean, you obviously showed, proved yourself pretty useful here. I mean, I, I feel like we each have our own unique thing we would we, uh, uh, bring to, to, the, to the proverbial table. Uh, hypothetically, of course, <laughs> if you were some kind of team. Like a hockey team, but for slug blasting. Yeah, sure. Like you're the you're the defense, right? That's that's a hockey thing, right? I I, know, I remember from Ringette that there's a like defense and then offense. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I could I could you know, it's just like uh, Dave Brown always said. I I I was never skilled, but I work hard and I can fight. So you know, that's being slug blasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think at the, it's at that point that like it goes from like kind of. No matter how hard you're trying to keep the conversation on, like, oh, this is going to be bad for us, and this is this is not good what we're going through, it, the excitement kind of takes you over, yeah. and like, and maybe everyone's kind of intermittently checking their phones and seeing these hashtags, and like, yeah, this is this feels kind of good. This is you know approval and acceptance, and like you've you've been noticed for something that that uh, is is positive at least to some degree. So yeah, I think whether you can't even help it, the passion is there and the excitement is there, and you guys kind of start daydreaming and speculating about what it would be like if you were a team if it, yeah, hypothetically of course no one's saying you're a team yet it's not a you're not a team but if you were a team this is what everyone would bring to the table and this is the cool stuff that you do and wouldn't it be great if if you were a team i love that who uh who else wants to uh purchase a downtime scene i might have one scene that would kind of go on the tail end of this interaction absolutely 
Cool. So I'm going to spend two style for Swagger, which is my version of gaining a special. Uh, a scene of you getting even more confident, watching your own videos, mouthing off arrival, hyping yourself, breaking your own record, etc. Uh, mechanically speaking, the special I'm going to gain is Snake. If there is any question about who goes first, it's you. I feel like that just makes sense with Angus's character. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a scene of him gaining some confidence as... Um, He's about to head home before he breaks off from the group. In his mind, he hasn't really been able to keep up with, with too much of what's been going on. Everything has still been going really kind of quickly for him. He's trying to make it go quickly because then theoretically he is in pain for a shorter period of time. But right at the end, before he breaks off, he fumbles with his phone, pulls it out, opens a new contact, and holds his phone out to Lake. Oh, yeah, here. Uh, boop, 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 You gotta punch your name in with, like, the T9-style yeah. texting thing, <laughs> so it takes a little bit longer, because you have to, like, hit the key. <laughs> you gotta hit it three times to get to the L or whatever, yeah. Wait, I love how this world has hashtags and social media, but the keypads we're still dealing with is it's T9. It's all T9, baby. <laughs> You, this is the paradox of this world, right? Is you've been, uh, current modern day technology has fallen into your lap in the 1990s and you've had very little time to catch up. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, you've got the entire internet and social media and everything is at, at the level of today, but like phones haven't been through the 20 year or 30 year evolution that they've gone through to modern smartphones. You got clunky flip phones with T9 keys that are way more powerful than they have any right to be. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway, continue on, Angus. Um, so I think that's actually basically going to be the crux of it. Like, no matter what happens with the team and whatever hypotheticals are being thrown out there, Angus has decided that he wants Lake around, and he's going to make an effort to keep that, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's a pretty big deal for Angus. Angus is kind of a rolling solo a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily by his own choice, but by circumstance. And so this is, yeah. That's pretty huge for him. Also, just because I don't think it was mentioned earlier, he would uh, look over to Elliot and be like, you saved my life. Thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. I think from Elliot's perspective, she's met you all of twice, once in detention and once here. And both times, this is how you've talked to her. <laughs> yep. So I think from Elliot's perspective, this is just how Angus talks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, great. So yeah, you get that new ability. Fantastic. Who else wants to purchase a downtime scene? Uh, I might hop on this same sort of train with what seems to be, uh, the, the choice that's in vogue right now. <laughs> uh, in the smarts playbook, I'm going to go for research in which I clear two style and we'll see a scene of me exploring, reading, analyzing a video, being creative, trying something new, planning weird portal routes, etc., to gain a special. Amazing. Uh, yeah, set the scene for us. Where is this happening? When is this happening? Yeah, I think uh, if we can jump time a little, I think it'd be after school the next day on the Wednesday. Because mm -hmm. uh, something we sort of established with Nick is that he does have a part-time job at the local video hut, uh, which is yes. this uh, Hillview's version of, of your blockbuster, your, your video rental place. And I think he's sort of like just working alone on this closing shift portion. Uh, and he's rigged it up so that the TVs in the store are playing through like old Kurosawa films, 
just like old samurai movies. And he's got, since there's no one else there at the moment, he's got his Negatana out and he's (laughs) moving along to, uh, to the stuff that he's seeing on the screens. And it's a combination of like running around the store, uh, sort of fake combating against the gumball machine. In between that, he's like (laughs) tweaking with the sword on the back counter and this is all sort of building toward the special, uh, actually read the manual. You know how to get more boost out of a device. Yeah, so that adds the die and the kick to my boost pool, uh, which I actually have shared between my two signature devices. So that'll give me a little more to play with on on both fronts there. Yeah, just the imagery of you sort of shadow sword fighting to Kurosawa films in an empty blockbuster. And Mwah, like, maybe maybe someone comes in and I have to try and hide this katana behind me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love that. Like, maybe even you, yeah, you have that moment where, like, someone walks in, sees you, it takes you a second to notice them having walked in, uh, and you sort of are, like, frozen in mid-pose and have to, like, quickly tuck the sword behind your back, and you're waiting to see, like, what this person's reaction is gonna be. But it's, like, a younger, like, a teen, someone who goes to your school, uh, and so they just kind of, like, without breaking eye contact, they're wide-eyed, and they just, like, pull out their phone, snap a picture of you, and then run back out of the store. <laughs> um, they're just like, that's that kid from the internet. And you have a little a little taste of what Lake was talking about, about becoming a celebrity. Uh, yeah, let's hear from uh, Elliot or Chester. Do, do either of you want to purchase a downtime scene? I, too, am going to follow suit with everybody else. The Grits version of getting a special is grinding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go... So it's a scene or montage... I'm definitely going montage. Oh, you've got to. <laughs> a montage of you planning, prepping for the next run, training, pra- practicing, etc. And again, a special. So you got to just imagine this like. Just imagine that uh, punch out uh, training music. Uh, <laughs> that's going on. And in this montage, you don't see hear anything verbal, but instead you see. Uh, Chester trying to like improve with his hoverboard as he's like delivering pizza and so he's trying to do a trick but he like crashes into some like garbage cans uh there's a scene where he's trying to explain to uh Graham Capone what slug blasting is and he's clearly having trouble and she's just like getting confused okay so it's not that you're actually blasting slugs I mean I did blast a slug uh this last time well you know what I always say about slugs Gotta keep throwing salt on them until they die. But I didn't have salt last time. But I'm gonna have salt in the future. I'm gonna be prepared. Well, that's the next half of the saying, dear. You throw salt on them till they die. Make sure you carry salt. <laughs> uh, there's like maybe a scene where like uh, my dad is like kind of yelling at me for br- uh, breaking through the fence. Look at that fence. I don't have time to be fixing that fence. You're going to get out there first thing Sunday morning, Buster, and you're going to fix up that fence, put it right back to the where you found it, uh, or uh, so help me, I'll have your badge. Sorry, sorry, old police habits coming in. But you know what I mean. You'll, of you'll course, be, Dad. I was going to threaten you with more work, but that's redundant. Just go fix the damn fence. Well, I'll try, but you know my carpentry work is kind of shoddy, but I'll try. And then, yeah, there's other scenes of like me like uh, punching like... Uh, just a big slab of meat in the freezer of the pizza place that I work at. Uh, I don't know why we butcher our own meat in our pizza place, but we do. Punching a ball of dough on a counter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, like the ground and pound that UFC people just get, get, get. <laughs> All of this uh, goes up together. I actually wanted to get a different skill, but frankly, this montage lends itself more to specifically no pain, no gain. Mark two trouble to get an automatic four or five result on an action without needing to roll. That's fantastic. I love your your commitment to character there that like, yeah, that's exactly what that montage is building towards. Yeah. So. Uh, and finally, let's bounce over to Elliot. Uh, uh, what uh, what downtime scene are we doing? Uh, you know what? Let's let's keep on brand for today. Let's uh, just vibing. A scene you just being you, playing video games, chasing butterflies, sleeping, reading in a hammock, whatever. Early level ups all, right. all around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think she's in her room. She's laid back on the couch and got her guitar hooked up. Uh, it's an acoustic, but it's got a pickup. Uh, mm-hmm. It's hooked up into an amp that she's got plugged into her headphones, like big over the ear headphones, and she's uh, she's playing a song. She she was inspired by the time and vestige, and she wrote a new song. Incredible! I think yeah, the, there's the image there you have you with your headphones on this amp that is permanently stained a bright shade of cerulean blue uh from having been the speaker system at the party it got splashed Mm -hmm. uh and so it still works but it's it's bright blue on one side forever and uh and as we watch uh elliot starts to play the new song that she's written Death defying, heart pounding, journey through the air Exhilarating, white knuckles stung here to there Gravity's got nothing on us, gravity's got nothing on us Deep bubbling, blast of goo, it comes up through the ground Slick sliding, monster slugs are running us around here we go now, nothing to lose. Here we go now, nothing to lose. We're running out of time. We're running through the air. It looks like it'll be a close shave. The sand flies out beneath me. The sky glows on above me. But all I see is a cerulean wave. Did Glenna mention what Elliot got through that one? No, I'm so sorry. Uh, Elliot, what did you get? Uh, I got lucky. Oh, that sounds weird. <laughs> uh, the lucky ability, which which involves? Uh, the lucky ability. Things tend to work out. You mark only one trouble when you use the nope ability. Oh, mm. That is a powerful... You're, you're shaping up to be one of the uh, most mechanically uh, over OP uh, players in the game. Mm-hmm. So yes, does anyone have... Uh, Either another scene, uh, and I'm anyone can feel free to jump in. I'm specifically specifically thinking of Angus because you're the only one who marked any trouble. Um, I'll I'll buy I'll buy in the lab. Tell us about in the lab. In the lab, clear one style, remodel phase arrays, solder on scram units, modder potentiometers, print an expanded <laughs> chassis, order a new plasma lens, gain one component. Incredible. So components in this game we haven't really talked about, but. Uh, in the same way that uh, some of our, our players here have leveled up their uh, their playbook abilities by playing out certain scenes, uh, if you want to level up your device and unlock new things for your, your weapon to do, you, you do that by earning components. There are coils, there are discs, there are lenses, and there are gems. And depending on what you want to purchase and what upgrade you want to make, you might need multiple of any combination of those. Uh, so what is Elliot uh, getting? What component are you gaining here? I'm going to get a coil. 
All right, and, and kind of give us a, a quick uh, description of what the scene looks like of you uh, uh, souping up your voidware backpack. Uh, I think it really is her, she has a new uh, patch that she wants to sew on. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, oh, what does it say? It's it's a patch that says, I don't have time to blow your mind right now. <laughs> oh. Part of the reason that it's souping up the backpack is that she uses like wire to... She, like, completes a circuit by stitching it in. Yeah. That's oh, great. that like makes sense. Yeah. So it, yeah. it, like, connects something to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, all right. And then let's go to Angus to take us home. Cool. So I have two trouble. And what I think I'm going to spend it on is the scene trouble at home. Your family expresses their disapproval. Where? How? How do you feel? Do they have good intentions? Do you know? Um, and I think the scene that I want to play out is when Angus gets home on Tuesday night. So Angus would have just broken off from the group. Uh, Lake's number is in his phone, which he closes and puts back in his pocket. Uh, he taps his toe on the floor, returning back to normal time. He steps through the door and his mother has waited up for him. Um, and, and she's wearing like she's got like the the old bathrobe and uh, the curlers in the hair, and is just Angie, Angie, where have you been, huh? Where have you been all this time? You know I'm worried sick about you, and uh, you're just walking. In. What you got? What are you, what's all this goop on you here? There, I I went out after school. With some friends. And, and where did you go? To some sort of goop factory? It, 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 I, I'm, Angus, this is your first day at school there. And, and, and you come walking in late on a school night, nonetheless. And, and you're covered in goop. You're, the vice principal uh, called and said you were smoke. You were, you were, you were in detention? <sighs> Angie, you know how important it is that you do well in school. Yeah, yeah, I know. And yes, yes, mom, I know. Can, can we not do this right now? I think we do got it. Look, I, I I, know you don't like me coming down hard on you. You know that you don't like it. But you know, I am trying to be, I'm trying to get better at laying down the law, you know. And uh, I just, you can't keep doing this. Otherwise, you will have to come back to homeschooling. Okay, so that way I can keep an oh. eye on you. No, you don't have to keep an eye on me, Mom. I'm 16. God. I know, and but this is an important time in your life. And if you are going to be so reckless and smoking in school, you can't do that. And, and, and wait, wait. Hang on a second. Goop. What? Were, were you were you out there slug blasting out there? No. No, you... I wasn't. Ah. Oh, my head. Hi. Are you, you okay there? Hi. Hi, Angie. Are you okay? No, don't, don't, don't touch me, Mom. Oh. And I think that's where we leave the scene of, like, his mom's trying to be the stern parent and lay down the law a little bit, and that's frightening, but what's even worse is, is when she 
gives into her her nature and immediately starts mothering him and baby babying him again. Uh, and Angus likes that even less than the disciplinary. <laughs> <at all. laughs> yeah, she wants to to get him some children's Tylenol and 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 a he, uh, here's a Flintstone uh, tablet. You there? <laughs> <laughs> Those things cure anything. Even feel that. <laughs> So I think before we uh, wrap up this episode, we, we see one final scene. Deep in the heart of the plain of Desneen, surrounded by infinite ocean, the abandoned drow observation facility floats, all but invisible in the inky blackness. The serpentine corridors twist and turn, a labyrinth of glass and steel. A thick layer of dust coats every surface, and the air is stale and oppressively silent a silence which is soon broken by the hum of an emergency generator powering on, illuminating a single red warning light, pulsing on and off steadily, casting long, eerie shadows. A klaxon alarm shatters the silence, echoing into the abyss. Something is coming. 